0: We wanna dismantle these barriers, but if those conversations aren't designed well, I think all it does is sometimes reinforce the barriers because people stop talking.
1: A holistic approach to DEI and health equity today on HFMA's Voices in Healthcare Finance podcast. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Erica Grotto. Today we're talking about how the systems thinking approach can help healthcare organizations formulate better health equity and DEI strategies. But first, let's discuss some healthcare finance headlines and how HFMA is covering them. Here's HFMA Director of Content Strategy, Brad Dennison.
2: Thanks, Erica. I have with me today, Senior Editor, Nick Hutt from the HFMA editorial team. You probably know Nick from the Beyond the News segment here on the podcast, but Nick is so much more. He's also day-to-day policy regulation and trends reporter and editor of our popular HFMA Daily e-newsletter. Welcome, Nick. Hey, thanks a lot, Brad. So you actually have three stories trending right now over at HFMA.org this month, led by a piece titled The Financial Crunch of the Pandemic is Unlikely to Subside Anytime Soon. You reference a Coffin Hall report that says the median hospital margin is about negative 3%. Things are certainly not looking up, Nick. Tell me a little bit about the major storylines in your article.
3: So indeed, even though healthcare providers are on a bit more stable footing as far as the pandemic goes, and how long that lasts remains to be seen, the financial impact of the past two years is going to reverberate for a while. And in recent weeks, there were reports from Kaufman Hall and Fitch Ratings. Really, kind of showcasing and quantifying the impact. Fitch did not lower its credit rating for the industry; it stayed at neutral. But their report pretty much indicated that things are on shaky ground, and Fitch expects operating margins to weaken over the rest of the year potentially, and that would leave you know hospitals and health systems in in a pretty tough spot because, like you said, Kaufman Hall reported that in April, uh, even with fewer COVID-19 admissions and a reduction in contract labor relative to January, the median hospital margin stayed pretty solidly in negative territory. So the challenges persist without question.
2: And this is all really directly related to pandemic issues, government subsidies and things like that, right, Nick? And then it certainly doesn't look like we're at the bottom of the valley yet in terms of what's ahead when you start to take inflationary issues into account.
3: Yeah. Inflationary issues are significant to say the least. As you look ahead, the inflationary impact of wages and supplies is going to leave hospitals and and health systems uh, certainly in a crunch, especially come budget time. What's more, there's already mounting pressure on the sector to figure out a way to do something about prices. But it's like, how are they supposed to do that at a time uh, when their costs are mounting so much so it's almost like they're in a vice being squeezed on both ends. It's it's
2: a, definitely a, a difficult time. No doubt. And I think it's really changing attitudes about certain things that hospital folks maybe didn't want to do before. I think they, there's some who would prefer to have a local workforce, even if it's hybrid. And I think there's just a lot of things right now that aren't realistic that people are having to relent on. And and starting to think of the entire country as potential workforce to help ease some of the burden. So um, I think there's, it's going to create a lot of innovation as well.
3: Yeah, that's the upside out of, of, uh, you know, tough times often come bold solutions that change the landscape for the better. Certainly, you know, the industry, while it has a reputation for not being, you know, the most innovative compared with certain other industries and sectors, it's very resilient and, and very adaptive. You know, it'll certainly be interesting to see what what comes of
2: the situation that we're in right now no doubt nick well hey thank you for those insights and listener if you don't receive the hfma daily e-newsletter and want to read more from nick just log into hma.org go to your account in the upper right of your screen and click on communications preferences for a direct link check out this podcast episode's show notes thanks brad great chatting with you
1: recently had a conversation on this podcast with Tammy Jackson, HFMA's 2021-2022 National Chair. Among the topics we discussed was health equity and DEI. And one of her comments was that many organizations are experiencing fatigue as they think about how to approach these topics. There could be many reasons for this fatigue. But according to my guest today, one of them could simply be that creating a strategy around health equity and DEI, which she and Jackson agree go hand in hand, is an overwhelming task. Denise New has had a 30-year career working at the intersection of community and economic development and health. She's also someone I've known a long time. So when we got to talking recently about social determinants of health and making improvements in healthcare, I knew she'd have a lot to share. What we're discussing today is the systems thinking approach and how looking at issues holistically can lead to better strategies. Before we really get into the topic of health equity, DEI, let's just talk about systems thinking. What is it? If it's something that people listening don't really know a lot about, what is it and, and how might you use it in healthcare?
0: Right. Why, why does it matter? Uh, how can it be helpful?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so yeah, systems thinking, the best way to think about it is it's a holistic approach. It's not necessarily a particular method. It is a holistic approach to understanding and finding solutions to very complex problems. And as we know, healthcare and healthcare outcomes is a complex problem in the United States. Systems thinking as an approach, it takes into account a variety of the elements that interact, not just contribute to that problem. And then it also is the process of helping form processes that can help achieve that goal or the goals of that particular system, and in this case, it would be the healthcare system, or the system of systems that are supposed to make up our healthcare system, which don't always come together neat and orderly. So that's where systems thinking can actually be very beneficial, because you have all these different players within the healthcare system working either sometimes against each other, sometimes they're working together, sometimes they are completely separate systems within what we call our healthcare system when you hear the word systems thinking, just say, you know, it's, it's, it's a way of connecting the dots and a lot of dots out there in different places. So it's finding that interconnectivity. Versus just a, we have a problem and here's the solution that I think might work. Let's test it. It's all that stuff in between the, why are we doing this to begin with? You know, why do we have a problem? Why are we recognizing this? Why are we, you know, wanting to commit resources to it? And then getting to the, and how are we going to do something about it? And it's all that stuff in between, And that systems thinking can help identify and get in alignment. So it's not just starting from scratch, a brand new program. It's the, here's what's already in play. Here's what's in action, you know, and that's important when you're working in a very complex system, like, you know, the healthcare system, you don't get to just, you know, (laughs) take a broom and, and sweep it all away and start from scratch. You have to start with what? You have.
1: We talk with a lot of hospitals and health systems who care deeply about these issues. They want to do something about these issues, and perhaps they have tried some things or are currently working through some of these things. But I know a lot of people are struggling with this. They're spinning their wheels, they don't know how to actually make progress. And you've talked about the why being kind of the first thing to talk about. You don't, you don't want to go straight to the what or the how. It, get to the why. So why is that so important? And, and what might the why be?
0: Well, you know, bad health outcomes are expensive to society. They're expensive to the individual, the family, the community, society as a whole. And, you know, if the evidence is showing us that there's a problem you know the data tells us there's a problem these disparities that exist in healthcare and the healthcare outcomes of you know people who live in the United States you know in the different populations that's the why that's why this is worth doing and an organization needs to get clear about why they want to do something about it And, you know, there's some organizations that are going to say, we don't care. We don't want to do anything about it. And then there are those that care very, very, very deeply about it. And they want to affect change. They want to improve people's lives by improving their health outcomes. And, you know, we know that there's, you know, an interrelation between health and wealth. So, you know, can Systems thinking within a healthcare system fix the economic issues of a patient or a community? Absolutely not. But it can help people who are designing healthcare interventions to better understand those elements and forces at play without becoming so overwhelmed. And then suddenly there's mission creep, you know, and I think that's where a lot of times people basically abort the challenge altogether because the problem just becomes too complicated altogether. It's like, well, you know, we need to build a grocery store and we need to build better housing and we need to create, you know, small businesses and better jobs, but that's not the job of the healthcare system. The job of healthcare is providing medicine and improving the health of the people who are served by that system.
1: Once you've got the why and you're saying, okay, I want to bring people together to discuss these issues. I want to think through them in this way. What's next?
0: Is what next? (laughs) I'd say what, the what and the who. Who do we need to have at the table to provide us feedback, to inform us, uh, to serve as sounding boards, to, you know, help us start thinking about the what are we going to do differently before we can get to the and how are we going to do that differently? And it's also that, you know, getting clear around the why and then issuing that invite, it also helps really center people on the challenge itself and allows, you know, that creation of helping people become comfortable with the discomfort of the types of conversations that are really necessary around health equity, the diversity, equity and inclusion components of moving the needle on health equity. Those are hard conversations for a lot of people. Uh, you know, to sit around a, a table to talk about racism and systemic racism. And I mean, that creates a lot of discomfort for probably the vast majority of people. But we can't start getting to health equity if we're not willing to have those conversations. And so systems thinking, you know, as an approach can also help guide those conversations so people can sit in the discomfort a bit more comfortably.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And that we are focused on the solutions and moving towards those processes that are necessary for a solution versus just sitting around talking about the problem and sometimes maybe shutting down or you know, we want to say we want to dismantle these barriers, but if those conversations aren't designed well, I think all it does is sometimes reinforce the barriers because people stop talking.
1: The challenges in healthcare are significant. We're dealing with an ongoing pandemic. We are dealing with workforce shortages. We are dealing with cybersecurity concerns that are mounting by the year. Uh, That's just naming a couple of things. So how do you prioritize? How do you focus on these efforts when there are so many other things taking up your time, your energy, and most importantly, perhaps your money to move forward? And how can embarking on some of these efforts help with some of the other things you want to do? Or can they?
0: I think it can. You know, again, you know, recognizing that healthcare is a business and it's it's a big industry, right? Twenty percent of the gross domestic product, you know, so business leaders are strategizing, they're prioritizing. They do that every day. That's, you know, their job. You know, I mean, ultimately, I think a lot of this is a bit of a political decision. Um, and I don't mean that as in government politics. But, you know, the politics of, of, of operating a business um, and, and when to, what decisions and what to prioritize and where to put your resources. You know, certainly in, during times of crisis, there isn't a whole lot of time and energy to do the other stuff, but recognizing and, you know, staying in the conversation around you know, health equity and systems thinking uh, as, as a way to help organizations to get started and doing something very actionable, um, you know, with like, this is what we do. This is why we do it. This is what we are prioritizing. And, you know, how do we start doing what we do, but doing some things differently to get to better outcomes? It's not about putting the brakes on anything else. It's, it's, a, it's a way to sit down and start connecting the dots. And sometimes systems thinking can start with one person. The one person sitting at the desk saying, okay, I've just sat in 10 meetings over the course of the past three weeks, listening to people that complain about the same problem. We're talking about the same problem. We're not getting closer to the solutions. Here's what I'm hearing. Let me map it out. Let me use this technique to start mapping it out and see if I can get to some of those ohs and ahas that make it start making more sense so I can go back to that same group of people and say, you know what, we're not at a solution yet, but is this reflective of why we even want to be doing this, because it's time we stop talking about the problem. Start with, it's time we start talking about the solutions. And systems thinking can start as simple as that, you know, the one person sitting down and starting to map it out and play with it, and then putting it out before a group to get feedback. One last thought, you know, regarding the what and the how. I think that's where a lot of organizations become overwhelmed and then quit, right? Because the what, if they're just defining it as health equity versus that really breaking it down of why do we care about health equity and asking a series of, you know, answer that question and then ask another why and then ask another why and ask another why until it's like we now have that answer for ourselves that aligns with our mission, aligns with what it is we do every day then you can start getting into the the what. Okay, and what can we do about that problem? What's our piece of this greater undertaking? And then how do we start going about that? What are the processes for that? And you know, I think a lot of organizations or groups or people become overwhelmed by the the hugeness of health equity i mean we call it a complex problem for a reason (laughs) right (laughs) because it's a bunch of stuff going on all at once there's so many different elements and no one organization can tackle all of those different elements and so that's where a lot just shut down because it just becomes too enormous And then it becomes the, we sit around and we talk about the problem, the enormity of the problem. And then it becomes a buzzword, you know, like, well, you know, systemic racism is part of this problem of health equity, you know, got to have trust. But how, how do you start building trust, right? You can't just talk about how important it is. You got to talk, have the important conversations to start building that trust. Yeah. So the 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 what and the how is critical because that's actually where things stop, in my opinion, from what I've observed over, you know, 30 years of working in this space.
1: I've really enjoyed our conversation. And thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today.
0: Thanks for having me, Erica.
1: Voices in Healthcare Finance is a production of the Healthcare Financial Management Association and written and hosted by me, Erica Grotto. Sound editing is by Linda Chandler. Brad Dennison is our director of content strategy. Our president and CEO is Joe Pfeiffer. I hope to see you in Denver next week at our annual conference. But if we don't connect there, why not send our team an email? You can reach out to us anytime at podcast at hfma.org.
2: Boom.